0: In the second year of King Darius, in the seventh month, on the twenty-first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, son of Sheatel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, and say, Who was left among you that saw this house? In its former glory. How does it look to you now? Is it not in your sight as nothing? Yet now take courage, O Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Take courage, O Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest. Take courage, all you people of the land, says the Lord. Work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts, according to the promise that I made you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit abides among you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once again in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations So that the treasure of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with splendor. Says the Lord of hosts, the silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The latter splendor of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give prosperity says the Lord of hosts. May God add a blessing to the reading and hearing of the word. Let us pray. O Lord, as we come into this time of hearing your preached word, we pray that you give us eyes to see anew, ears to hear afresh, a heart to be warmed, and a spirit to be transformed, so that we may not leave this place ever the same. Amen. Beautiful, gorgeous, magnificent, grand, glorious, even. All these terms are synonyms for the word splendor, our focus word in our hearing this morning. To call something splendorous, usually in reference to architecture, is to make mention of the beauty of its appearance. According to dictionary.com, splendorous is an instance or display of imposing pomp or grandeur. Hearing these synonyms, I'm sure that each of us can bring to our minds certain places and buildings that we've seen with our own eyes. Buildings and places that we think exhibit splendor. Even buildings that perhaps some of us use to call home. In terms of worship and in our hearing this morning the Lord is desiring no longing to make the house of the Lord something that we find splendorous so for the next few moments let's explore the splendor that the Lord wishes to bring to the house or the temple As we enter into our text this morning, we find ourselves in a particular moment in time, the second year of the reign of the Persian King Darius. On the 21st day of the seventh month of that year, we find the prophet Haggai hearing a word from the Lord. This date, of course, doesn't make too much sense to us, so taking on the strenuous labor of figuring out this date in our modern understanding, This translates to roughly October 17, 520 BCE, which as we will see highlighted in various portions of our text holds significant cultural and religious importance. For on that exact day that the Private Haggai had received this word from the Lord to bring forth to the people, they found themselves on the penultimate day of the festival of Booths. This was an eight-day autumn festival which celebrated not just the harvest, but celebrated God's care for the Israelites, Solomon's bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the temple, and celebrating the release from bondage in Egypt and the dwelling of the ancient Israelites in Booths during the Exodus experience. So this festival is... Pretty important and therefore anything that the Lord has to say during this time must also have the same importance and so it is in verse 3 where this flurry of questions begins the Lord gives Haggai specific and soul-piercing questions to ask the people this first question is directed towards the remnant of probably a combination of those who had returned from exile and those who had never left the Holy Land. Which of you remember the former temple in Jerusalem? Who among you saw the splendor, the beauty of the former house of the Lord before it was destroyed? And in contrast to what you are rebuilding in this present moment, how does this incomplete building look to you? Doesn't it look like just bare bones and brick? Not even a fraction of the beauty which it used to house. And this is a contemporary reflection to the people's complaints. But can you compare something that is unfinished in reality to what people have constructed in their memories and in their minds. Now again, among this group of people, there are those who do remember seeing the temple just before it was destroyed 60 years prior. For some of us, we have good memories of things that used to be 60 years ago. For others, Sixty years ago, we only see in history books, and our readings, numbers that were not our realities, but the lived experiences of those around us. So for this group that remembers the temple, they have fleeing and passing memories of this beauty, perhaps even pictures in their minds of what it used to look like on the inside what it used to look like on the outside. And perhaps, it is this cluster who are the most vocal about how the temple should be constructed to best capture what they remember. And so beginning in verse five, the Lord gives a simple direct message to each of those persons listed. Be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Joshua. All of you people who claim and declare this land as home now, you too be strong. But not just be strong. They were to drown out the noise. Joshua, don't pay attention to the negative chatter from the people that you are governing. Zerubbabel, don't listen to the grumbles about how it will never look as wonderful and beautiful as it did before. People of the land, put your positivity hats on and be strong and continue to work. Work because the temple that is being built here will look splendorous when it is complete. The work that you're doing with your hands, you that are the builders of a beautiful architecture, even though it doesn't look like much right now, continue to work. Be strong, have faith, and have confidence that what you are building is splendorous. But why? Why not listen to the negative chatter? Why not listen to the grumbles from the people? Why should we have confidence? Why should we be strong and work? The Lord says, for I am with you. And I believe as long as the Lord is with them, surely what they are building, what they are working towards, will meet the divine standards that are required of the house of the Lord. Because the Lord, just as he declares, the Lord has been with them ever since the days of the Exodus, The fact that they celebrate in the midst of this festival that they are participating in. The fact that they know within their hearts that is central to their faith. The Lord was with their ancestors as they came out of Egypt and made the way towards and as they dwelt in the promised land. The Lord was with them as they lived as a united kingdom and even still with them when politics divided them into two nations. The Lord was with them as they witnessed the destruction of the temple just 60 years ago and was with them during the exile, even when their hearts grew weary. And now, as they have returned home, the Lord has remained with them because this was what, according to the Lord, was promised to their ancestors. Do not fear that God has abandoned you because God is on the move and in the move once more. For in a little while, as we hear in verse 6, God will shake heaven and earth, dry land and the seas. Once more, God will shake the nations, and what will fall from their proverbial pockets will be the treasures of the divine, the treasures that fill up the temple once more. God is coming back to not just physically fill the temple, but to fill the temple with the Spirit of God. And the world will know it, see it, and feel it. With each divine step, the presence of the Lord will draw closer, and as the people of the land notice the difference, there will be a shifting in the atmosphere. The splendor of the Lord when the presence is in their midst, will be far splendorous than what their minds can even imagine and remember in that former temple. The ending of our text this morning comes to us with two declarations. In the first, plain and simply, we do not own our possessions. We do not own our silver our gold, anything that we often associate with wealth and grandeur all of this belongs to God. The treasures that we cherish, those things that we yearn so much to maintain our grips on. It's not ours, it's God's. We know this to be fact, but God owns what we have and we merely are temporary leases. Or another way to frame it, we are the banks in which God deposits God's wealth into and the banks where God stores God's treasures. We, in a way, are the proverbial storehouses of God's wealth and treasures. In this second declaration, the Lord tells us that the splendor of what is coming will be far greater and far more splendorous than the splendor that they currently see. Something far more beautiful is on the horizon and that beautiful structure, that temple that they are working to build with their own hands. In that place, the peace of the Lord will dwell once more among them. The peace of God will return to the people of God as it had been with them before. This is not an opinion or hope expressed by the prophet, but a statement of reality that the Lord will usher forth in that time. So what are we to hear from these words in terms of this last Sunday of stewardship? As we mentioned two Sundays ago, stewardship is a basic attitude that governs how we act, towards what we own, as well as the things for which we are responsible. As we heard last week in the words of Zacchaeus, this attitude regarding how we act towards our possessions also presents itself with what we are to do with our possessions. And in our text this morning, in the hearing of the prophet Haggai's prophetic message, The silver and the gold that we own, all belongs to God. All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. We sometimes sing this line as we present our offerings to the Lord, but do we hear these words as they are sung? Allow me to frame it this way. We are so good at spending other people's money but at the same time we fight tooth and nail when it comes to spending what we earn ourselves. Maybe I'm the only one here that has suggested at one point or another that oh that would be a good purchase, that would be a good thing to buy or oh that's a steal you should get that before it's gone. But when the shoe is on the other foot, we have new bills to pay for, we have new emergencies to prepare for, we have things in our back pocket that we need to have our rainy day fund for. Again, this may only be me speaking to myself because I'm sure no one else has had these instances or seen or heard these instances. And in a sense, we too are sometimes like this when it comes to God. We are so good at spending the money that God has blessed us with, but when it comes time to bless God in return, sometimes we treat God's finances as our own. And instead of remembering that all things come from God, and we are simply giving back to God a fortune that is already in divine hands, we hold on to it, stick it in our back pocket for an emergency, rainy day fun. And so our ties what we call that portion of what we give back to God, helps to contribute in a variety of different ways to the life of our church, including maintaining the splendor of this building where we worship in this very moment. And no, for some, it might not match the splendor of the former house that we so vividly remember and see in pictures. But as we continue to give, we continue to give back in the riches that God has blessed us with. We too continue in the riches that this building blesses, both on Sunday mornings and for all who use it throughout the week. And so, for some of us, we may have not physically built this structure, but we, in this moment, in this present day, work hand in hand to make sure that this place remains a beacon of peace and a center of service in reach, outreach, and beyond reach. And as we saw yesterday, there is much work to be done, and much work can be done when we work hand in hand. And so as I take my seat, may each of us have the confidence that what we are building here is splendorous. May we drown out the noise and the grumbles and put our proverbial positivity hats on. And may we continue to build and work together and give together so that those who marvel at the splendor of this house can embrace and feel the peace that dwells within. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we give you thanks for hearing your preached word and the challenge that you have brought forth. Allow us to continue to work to build the splendor of this house, and may your peace dwell and reside and abide within this place within each of us as we go forth. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.